0: next question by Shital shah uh, wow it's a long question can you discuss about vaishnava prad what if you offend a devotee of the lord do we have the right to judge them if they fall down and try to show them in a friendly way and then if we stop associating with them and they get offended and what to do in the situation very very good question very good question in fact as stated in 9.30 verse okay let me actually put the whole thing here on the screen it's such an important question cuz is some these are things which we which we encounter right these are real life situations okay I'll read again. Can you discuss about Vaishnava prad? What if we offend a devotee of the Lord? Do we have the right to judge them if they fall down and try to show them in a friendly way? And then if we stop associating with them and they get offended, what to do in this situation? As stated in 9.30 verse in Purport, we have to consider them saintly as long as there is exclusive devotion. Maybe can you also discuss the symptoms if one has knowingly or unknowingly committed Vaishnava prad towards a devotee and how to get out of it? Wow, this is a huge topic. So first thing, what if we offend a devotee of the Lord? Well, let's just take one verse. Um, there are so many, so many verses, but I'm just going to take one or two to just give you the idea because we have to finish a lot of things and this is a very important and elaborate topic at the same time. So, I'll try to keep it as brief as possible but I will at the same time try to explain it. I think it is 159. You see, if the devotee commits an offense at the feet of a Vaishnava while cultivating the creeper of Oops. (laughs) Oops. <laughs> okay. This is Chaitanya Charitamrita Madhhalila 19.156. If the devotee commits an offense at the feet of a Vaishnava while cultivating the creeper of devotional service in the material world, his offense is compared to a mad elephant that uproots the creeper and breaks it. In this way, the leaves of the creeper are dried up. We we'll read the purport. One's devotional attitude increases in the association of a Vaishnava. charañasevi janame hoy By his personal example, Narutam Thakur stresses that a devotee must always remember to please his predecessor Acharya. The Goswamis are represented by one's spiritual master. One cannot be an Acharya or spiritual master without following strictly in the disciplic succession of the Acharyas. One who is actually serious about advancing in devotional service should desire only to satisfy the previous Acharyas. H.I. Gosai jar mui das one should always think of oneself as a servant of the servant of the Acharyas and thinking this, one should live in the society of the Vaishnavas. Um, however, if one thinks that he has become a, he has become very mature and can live separate from the association of Vaishnavas and, dal, and thus gives up all the regulative principles <coughs> due to offend, offending uh, Vaishnava, one's position becomes very dangerous. <coughs> If one thinks he has become very mature and can live separate from the association of Vaishnavas and thus gives up all the regulative principles due to offending a Vaishnava, one's position becomes very dangerous. Offenses against the holy name are explained in Adilila chapter 8 verse 24. Giving up the regulative principles and living according to one's whims is compared to a mad elephant, which by force uproots the Bhaktilata and breaks it to pieces. In this way, the Bhaktilata shrivels up. Such an offence is especially created when one disobeys the injun- instructions of the spiritual master. This is called Guru Avagya. The devotee must therefore be very careful not to commit offences against the spiritual master by disobeying his instructions. As soon as one is deviated from the instructions of the spiritual master, the uprooting of the Bhaktilatha begins and gradually all the leaves dry up. So, <clears throat> very, very dangerous offending a devotee. So, another verse I will show you from Srimad Bhagavatam, two verses, 10, 4, 46. Ayushriyam yashodharmam lokana si evacha hanti shreyam si sarvani pumso mahadatikramaha my dear King, when a man persecutes great souls, all his benedictions of longevity, beauty, fame, religion, blessings and promotion to higher planets will be destroyed. If one offends a devotee. Another verse. Narana himself is speaking to Durvasamani. 9.4.69 Upayam katha yishyami tava vipra shrunus Srinushvatat Ayam Hiyatma Bhira Atma Bhicharaste Yatastam Yahimachiram Sadhushu Prahitam Teja Prahartu Kurute Shivam, especially the last two lines, Sadhushu Prahitam Teja Prahartu Kurute Shivam. O Brahmana, let me now advise you for your own protection. Please hear from me. By offending Maharaj Ambarish, you have acted with self-envy, therefore you shouldn't Therefore, you should go to him immediately without a moment's delay. One's so-called prowess when employed against the devotee certainly harms he who employs it. Thus it is the subject, not the object, who is harmed. So, when we try to do something against the Vaishnavas, it hits back at us. It doesn't harm the Vaishnava. it, It hits us. So, a Vaishnava offense is very very dangerous. The last thing you want to do in spiritual life is offend a Vaishnava. Now coming back to the question again. Do we have the right to judge? So the first is what is what if we offend a devotee of the Lord? So That we have answered. Do we have the right to judge them if they fall down and try to show them in a friendly way? Good question. We should understand what is a fall down and what is not. And that is intelligence. We should understand the path of illumination and the path to darkness. Sambhutimcha vinashamcha So we have to understand and Ishopanishad says, both we have to understand. We have to see both sides. We should know what is correct. We should know what is wrong. And we, if somebody is going on the wrong path we should try to help them because that is a genuine concerned devotee it is not a right to judge we have to judge see judgment means there is intelligence if one has no intelligence he cannot judge we have to always judge there has to be a decision in everything right decision means session you know what? session means cut decision means you cut out all the you, you want to decide on something that means that involves that you have decided against doing everything else but that the decision means not just okay i want to do this no it, it is more than that that is the final conclusion of it but decision means decision what i want to do what i don't want to do separate it decision separate and then I decide, on okay, this is what I want to do. When I say this is what I want to do, then I am automatically saying that this is what I don't want to do. This is something I don't want to do. For example, if I have become, okay, I want to become a devotee. I have decided to eat only Krishna Prasadam. That means I have decided not to eat anything other than Krishna Prasadam. So there are always two sides to the same thing. So it's a decision, it's a cut. So from what you want to do and from and what you do, should not do or don't want to do. So to do that, you need to be able to judge. If you cannot judge what is right, what is wrong, and then decide on the right path, then there's no intelligence there up here. You see. So therefore, we have to judge. But judge To discriminate that is wrong Judgment should always be there Judgment is the better part of valor as they say to judge is a sign of intelligence. We should judge at every step Whether it is good whether it is bad whether it is doing correct or whether it's doing wrong whether I am doing correct Whether I am doing wrong. I have to judge But people say nowadays especially oh you should don't judge Judging and if he is wrong Just shaming him, that is wrong. But the first attempt should be to correct him. To correct him. If one is confident that that person is doing something wrong, we have to try and correct him for his own benefit. I may get a bad name by correcting someone, but still going and doing it, that is a sign of mercy or that is a sign of goodwill. As it is stated here, um, I think 5, five 17. We'll read the translation. If someone is ignorant and addicted to the path of samsara, how can one who is actually learned, merciful and advanced in spiritual knowledge engage him in fruitive activity and thus further entangle him in material existence? Do you understand that? If somebody is addicted to the path of samsara, that means this material life, how can one who is actually learned, merciful and advanced in spiritual knowledge, engage him in fruitive activity and thus further entangle him in material existence? If a blind man is walking down the wrong path, how can a gentleman allow him to continue on his way to danger? Oh, let me not judge this old man or blind man. Let him go and weather the danger, whatever, never mind. He is going into danger by doing what he is doing. We have to save him. So, the uh, the devotee is always thinking like that. Uh, How can he approve this method? No wise or kind man can allow this. So, the first thing is to try to save him. Now, if he is innocent and if he is repentant, the thing is, we can offer all our help. But that person who has committed the offense, who has committed the mistake, he has to have this repentance in him. And that repentance will actually... Bring him back to devotional service again. But if somehow or other, despite all our efforts, the repentance does not come in the heart of such person, there is no chance. Atapya mana vasitam You know, 331 Atapya mana vasitam Yastva drabaddha ivakarma bhira vritatma bhutendriyasha yamayim avalambhyamayam aste vishuddham avikaram akhanda bodham atapyamana hridaye vasitam namami. The prayer of the child within the womb of the mother. He is praying like this. I, the pure soul, appearing now bound by my activities, am lying in the womb of my mother by the arrangement of maya. I offer my respectful obeisances unto him who is also here with me, but who is unaffected and changeless. He is unlimited and he is perceived in the repentant heart. To him I offer my respectful obeisances. This is the thing. He is perceived in the repentant heart. So the person must repent his mistake. Sincerely repent his mistake. Just like Durvasamuni, for example. He offended Ambarish Maharaj. And he try to run away from the problem and he went to brahma i mean brahma shiva and even vishnu vishnu also said no you must go and bow down you must go and seek forgiveness from you know um uh, ambarish maharaj and what happened with Durvasamuni was what saved him was was his repentance he went and fell at the feet of ambarish maharaj and repented sincerely for his mistakes and offenses and that's how he was saved. So repentance is a very important factor that needs to be kindled in the person who is who has committed the offense. Now, a devotee, when he is helping that person, he should make him understand in a gentle way. Try in a gentle way. And make him understand. See, this is not correct. You know, this is what the shastra is saying. This is what Prabhupada said. This is what we should do. Don't do this. You know, please don't do it like this. It is, you're going on a wrong path. You're digging your own grave. So, you know. I mean I will show you some verses which are like very very strong. Um, Vidura when he saw Dhritarashtra in the palace after his sons were killed in the battle of Kurukshetra and that battle of Kurukshetra happened because his sons were so greedy for the kingdom and they schemed so much against the innocent Pandavas who were just pure devotees and nothing else they did not have any bad intentions in their hearts but these Kauravas they just wanted to, especially Duryodhan, just wanted to do anything and everything to harass them and kill them. And Dhritarashtra supported their plans. And after now everything is finished, the Kauravas, all the sons were dead. And Pandavas, against whom his own sons were scheming, those Pandavas were now maintaining Dhritarashtra with full respect. And he was eating the food of their home, cooked by them. Vidura, when he came and saw this, He told Dhritarashtra, you are eating like a a dog, you know, like eating the remnants of the food left by Pandavas. Aren't you feeling ashamed that you are eating the food of those people whom you tried to kill? You are such a shameless dog, what have you become? He he was talking these kind of very harsh, seemingly harsh words. But Dhritarashtra took it in the right sense. He understood, yes, what actually Vidura is saying is for my own good. So he corrected Dhritarashtra, and Dhritarashtra, without telling Yudhishthir Maharaj, left the palace and went to the forest to meditate. Give up. Because if he tells Yudhishthir Maharaj, Yudhishthir Maharaj will never let him go. Yudhishthir Maharaj was so kind that he knew Dhritarashtra did all those schemings against him, against them, but still he was so kind to him that he will never let him leave. He will take care of him. So Dhritarashtra knew that. Then when he was woken up by these words of Vidura, then he thanked Vidura and then he left the palace and he went to the forest. So, these actually are, you know, the devotees try to correct somebody who is going wrong, especially when they are dear to the person, they will try to correct. And that judgment is good. We should try to help. Then there is something, there is a line which we cannot cross. That's the next question actually. We'll put back the question on the screen. So, do we have the right to judge them if they fall down and try to show them in a friendly way? It's not a right, it's rather our duty. We are obliged to do that. But then, if we find that the person is incorrigible for some reason and the repentance is not coming in his heart, if he is headstrong in his decision, Um, of offending the Vaishnavas or was gone in the wrong path or whatever then we should start distancing ourselves from him because his association we are trying to if we are trying to help him we are trying to give our association and make him understand his mistake but if he is not willing to take our association then what will happen? there is no neutral ground the only other thing that will happen is he will influence us and we will be ending up taking his association and he will be giving his association to us. And if his association is contaminating, then we will become contaminated and therefore we have to stay away from that. And especially when we see a person of offending the devotees and the Supreme Lord, we should do, you know, there are three things, I think, where we have to cut our own tongue and commit suicide, I mean, cut their tongue and commit suicide ourselves, or uh, we have to defeat him in argument, or we have to leave that place immediately immediately leave the place and if we don't do that if we, especially of course we can't cut people's tongue now you know <laughs> and we can try convincing him with logic but if he if the person is just blind to it just distance yourself save yourself <laughs> you know I'll give you an example first we'll read this verse and then we'll Nindam bhagavada shrinvams tat Tato tato napayete yahasopi yatyadha Anyone who fails to immediately leave the place where he hears criticism of the supreme lord or his faithful devotee will certainly fall down, bereft of his pious credit. Now what constitutes, okay, what I was telling was, the thing is we have to try and save that person. But then, if the person is not willing to be saved and he, if he is dragging us down, We better save ourselves. You know. And also, that also is saving him because he will have nobody to talk to regarding the offenses that he wants to talk about, the devotees. If we continue to talk to him, then he will more and more he will emit the poison, emit the offenses. So let him not commit the offenses and let me also stay away from the offenses. And so that's how we should understand. So is like you know you're trying to save a person from the quicksand you know the person is just you know going down the quicksand and when you're trying to save him he tries to pull you down in his in his you know uh, anxiety he, he tries to pull you and then you better leave him alone let him die at least one one death is better than uh, two deaths right because otherwise both will die at that time one has to just leave the person what can we do although we may like the person for his own good or maybe at least our own good we have to leave the person. Otherwise, we will fall down. Eh? I don't I kept the screen covered all this while. Wow. Sorry about that. Anyone who fails to immediately... This is from 10.74.40. Srimad Bhagavatam. Anyone who fails to immediately leave the place where he hears criticism of the Supreme Lord or his faithful devotee will certainly fall down bereft of his pious credit. Another verse is there in the 1044 ten. a wise person should not enter an assembly if he knows the participants there are committing acts of impropriety and if having entered such an assembly he fails to speak the truth speaks falsely or pleads ignorance he will certainly incur sin so that will happen to us so we will incur sin if we don't Leave the place, or you know, if we don't speak the truth there, and if we don't stand for the truth, and or we speak falsely, so we will incur sin. So, where therefore, we should not allow ourselves to be in a place where Vaishnava Prad is being committed, and we should certainly not commit Vaishnava Prad ourselves. Now, what constitutes a Vaishnava Prad when the person actually did something wrong and persistently wrong and persistently like for example we speak against ISKCON gurus right the thing is what we are speaking is the truth Prabhupada's instruction is very clear very very clear that he wanted ritviks but the ISKCON gurus don't want to <clears throat> subscribe to that at all at all and they try to give all kinds of you know fallacious Uh, evidences and arguments in support of their (coughs) so-called philosophy. Now that is just the truth and because of such offenses there have been some serious fall downs among these gurus and to point out what actually transpired as a fact that is not an offense but if I imagine and make my own stories not referring to the facts that is an offense. That is an offense. So, if somebody is do, doing something wrong, but then if he can be corrected, we should try that first. But if he, after trying, if he cannot be corrected, and if he is not only doing wrong, he is spreading that wrong to others, uh, then we must, you know, uh, save. I mean, we have to you notify the others who might be, you know, um, taken astray by this misleader who is posing himself as a leader. So then we have to speak the truth. Like Prabhupada, he spoke, okay, uh, this is why Vivekananda is wrong. This is why this this philosophy is wrong. This is why even my god-brothers are wrong. Don't even go to my god-brothers because they are also contaminating. Huh? So in this way, he, he showed us how we have to be discriminating in such situations and we can't just, oh, everybody is Vaishnava. You know, Vaishnav. No, it is not. Even Vaishnava also, there's different types of dealing according to the degree of the Vaishnava. We have read this verse several times, this purport, 3.29.17. Friendship should be cemented between persons with mutual interests and understanding. Such persons are said to be of, uh, said to be svajati or of the same caste. The devotee should avoid a person whose character is not fixed in the standard understanding. You see? Even though he may be a Vaishnava or a devotee of Krishna, if his character is not correctly representative, then he should be avoided one should steadily control the senses and the mind and strictly follow the rules and regulations and he should make friendship with persons of the same standard. So that is that is essential for us as devotees. Even if he is a Vaishnava, we should stay away from him, if he is not correctly representative. We should give him the respects of a Vaishnava, but then stay away from him. Now, they say we commit aparad, to the Gurus, uh, Iskon Gurus, by talking about them like how we do, because we say they have gone against the order of Srila Prabhupada. So that's a fact. But they they say that we commit Vaishnava Aparad. <clears throat> Alright, even if we accept that logic, what about their Aparad to Prabhupada? Is that not a bigger Vaishnava Aparad? Who is a bigger Vaishnava? Prabhupada or them? Of course, Srila Prabhupada. And if offences to Him are being committed and we don't speak up for Prabhupāda, where is our devotion to Prabhupāda there? So, it is our duty to speak the truth and enlighten those who can be saved. Hmm? Otherwise, just everybody is in darkness. So, not that everybody will change by looking at it, by by the such um, exposing of the devotees, so-called devotees, uh, but some will some will change the fortunate ones they will change um, so the next part of the question is as stated in the verse 9.30 verse in purport we have to consider them saintly as long as there is exclusive devotion the point is exclusive devotion if they are if they are you know let's let's take the take a look at that verse for those of you who are not familiar 9.30 mananya samyak Even if one commits the most abominable action, he is, if he is engaged in devotional service, he is to be considered saintly because he is properly situated in his determination. His determination. Where is his determination? If he is always, you know, talking of, i mean if he's always uh, doing devotional service and he does something because of his force of his fa- past habits or something which is not correct but then his general attitude is to be in devotional service he fell down a bit yes then he should be guided and then he should not be shamed and he should be you know guided and made into a you know proper devotee and hopefully he repents but the detem- the determination should be that, that the person should be determined okay The person who has fallen down, he should be determined in Krishna consciousness. By some chance he has fallen down, okay, but he has to pick himself up, and the devotee should help, you know, him him pick himself up. And like that, he can continue and not commit the mistake again. But if his determination is to offend, is to persistently, deliberately offend or go against the order of the spiritual master without correcting it despite so many good instructions that is no more uh, in this category that is completely different that is a persistent deliberate offense that has to be exposed hmm. to save the others at least you see <clears throat> that's why in the end of this is explained One should not misunderstand that a devotee in transcendental devotional service can act in all kinds of abominable ways. This verse only refers to an accident due to the strong power of material connections. Devotional service is more or less a declaration of war against the illusory energy. As long as one is not strong enough to fight the illusory energy, there may be accidental fall downs. But when one is strong enough, he is no longer subjected to such fall downs as previously explained. No one should take advantage of this verse and commit nonsense and think that he is still a devotee. If he does not improve in his character by devotional service, then it is to be understood that he is not a high-grade devotee. He is not a high devotee. So we cannot take advantage of this verse. So, again, coming back to the point, um, suppose a person is following Srila Prabhupada, but then, um, you know, he maybe cannot control his anger every time. He may commit a mistake. Again, he, can, he may become angry with the devotees for some reason. That can still be excused, okay? He is force of habit. Okay, He is a bit short-tempered, fine. Okay, he has, slowly by the engagement in devotional service, by and by he will, you know, improve. At the same time, if he can be corrected by somebody senior, that's well and good. He should be corrected. Um, but, if he especially goes against the order of the spiritual master, where is the spiritual life then? Without spiritual master, there is no spiritual life. In fact, the order of the spiritual master is the active principle in the spiritual life. um t- 12.10 you see Matajai sar Tara chale shaita asar the order of the spiritual master is the active principle in the spiritual life anyone who disobeys the order of the spiritual master immediately becomes useless especially if it's a deliberate after having been advised so much still he comes then that is that that has to be given up immediately. So that's how we have to deal with this whole thing. How to get out of it? So if suppose I am the commit, I am the person who has committed the offence, then I have to first of all sincerely repent and seek forgiveness from all the devotees, whether knowingly or unknowingly, I must have committed offence. So, pay obeisances to all the devotees and in our heart, we have to have the repentance. It's not just the external act of paying the obeisances or bowing down. That is yes, it should be done. But the main thing is the repentance in the heart. Is that happening or not? Just like Prabhupada explained that um, the atonement of the Christians, they go and um, confess in the church on Sunday and then Monday again, they start back the same sins they have committed. So, that is no point like that. There is no repentance there. Um, so real confession means they had okay I have done something wrong uh, please forgive me I will not repeat it again that is real honest confession but if it is repeated again and again where is the confession there where is the repentance so that repentance has to be there that we have to that's why we have to always consider ourselves we have to be very very introspective always thinking whether I am committing offences whether I am committing offences so these things we have to see Mm -hmm. So I hope that answers the question. It's a very important subject. Actually, I'm very thank uh, thankful for you to ask. I mean, to you for asking this question. All right. Next question by Krishna Pramathaji. Hare Krishna, Prabhu. Why is Sai Baba worshipped separately? Is it written in shastras? Kaligam is only to earn money, etc. And why are they attracted to sex? Oh well. What can I say? One second, let me just put the verse on the board. Why is Baba worship separately? Is it written in Shastras? Kali is only to earn money, etc. And why they're attached to, attached to sex? So I think there are three questions here, right? First is, uh, why, why is Baba worship separately? First of all, my question is, why is he even worshiped? Whether separately or together, why is he worshipped? The point is, an incarnation of God is mentioned in the Shastras. If he is not mentioned in the Shastras, he should not be accepted as God. He should be immediately rejected. And there is no Shastric reference to Sai Baba. It's just, it's just the plain truth. No matter what people may think, you know, oh, how can you say like this? This is all sentiment. We have to look at the Shastra. There is no reference to, Shastra, uh, to Sai Baba in the Shastra. So therefore... Anyone who is not referred to immediately rejected. That's our principle. Um, next question: What is that? Let me see. Uh, is it written in shastras? Kali yugam is only to earn money, etc. Well, Kali was asked to stay in a place where these four things. The let's see, Shrimad Bhagavatam. One. Mm, 17, 17 chapter, uh, let's look at 38 first and then maybe 39 and 40. Let's see. Suta Uvacha Abhyarthita Stadatasma Sthana Nikalayedadav Diyutampanam Striyahasuna Yatradharmaschaturvidhaha Sudha Goswami said, Maharaj Parishit, thus being petitioned by the personality of Kali, gave him permission to reside in places where gambling, drinking, prostitution and animal slaughter were performed. So Kali was allowed. The Kali Yuga in the form of a person came before Lord I mean Parishit Maharaj and Parishit Maharaj wanted to kill him. But he said, no, 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 I am also your subject. I am also your citizen, citizen of your country. You should not kill me. You should give me a place to live. Tell me where I can live, if, if, if this is not the proper way, because he was actually trying to kill a cow. And uh, Parishan Maharaj you know, chastised him severely and you know, Kali said, if, if you think this is not the proper thing that I should do or the proper place I should live, you tell me where I should live, I will go and live there, silently. <clears throat> then he, Parishin Maharaj said he gave him permission to reside in places where gambling, drinking, prostitution and animal slaughter were performed. This is why we avoid these four things the four regulatory principles are these things gambling drinking or intoxication prostitution illicit sex animal slaughter meat eating so these that's why because Kaliuga will become very prominent when we do these things the influence of Kaliuga then what happened the personality of kali asked for something more and because of his begging the king the king gave him permission to live where there is gold because wherever there is gold there is also falsity intoxication lust envy and enmity so, in other words, wherever there is money, there will be these things. So, Kali asked, what did he ask for more? What is this more? Basically, he said, My dear Parishit, you have asked me to stay in these places. But in your kingdom, there is no places like this. There was there's no places where meat eating, and illicit sex, gambling, and intoxication are performed. In other words, you're just banishing from banishing me from your kingdom. And Parishit Maharaj was the was the king of the whole planet. So if he banishes him from the planet, where he will live. So he wanted a place to live. So then he said, alright, you stay where money is, where gold is. So that means wherever there's money, there will be the influence of Kali Yuga. So all these, you know, I think let's look at all the bad qualities we acquire because of wealth. No. Shrimad Bhavatam, Canto 11, Chapter 23, Verses 18 and 19. I hope you can see the verse. Okay. Steyam, Himsan, Ritamdam, Kamaha, Krodha, Smayo, Mada, Bhedo, Vairam, avishvasah samspardha dhavya sananicha ete panchadashanartha hyartham ulamata nirnam tasmadanartham artha duratastya jet theft violence speaking lies duplicity lust anger perplexity pride quarreling enmity faithlessness envy and the dangers caused by women gambling and intoxication are the 15 undes- undesirable qualities that contaminate men because of greed for wealth although these qualities are undesirable men falsely ascribe value to them one desiring to achieve the real benefit of life should therefore remain aloof from undesirable material wealth so the all the symptoms of kaliyuga are found here see so therefore you can say yes where wealth is, their Kali is. Why are they attracted to sex? Well, dampatya Ratimevahi. In this Kali Yuga, husband and wife, you know, nowadays sometimes there is no even marriage. They just, what is it, cohabit, cohabit, cohabiting. They just stay together and have children or you know, have a family, but not married sometimes this sex sex is the only thing that defines their marriage if there is some sort of uh, decline in sex and then there will be the marriage will be broken so um, that's how because people are so (coughs) downtrodden in this age of Kali so therefore they are attracted to these things money and sex all right so next question Sheetal Shah wow long question (laughs) okay um let's try to take this question wow there are so many questions i don't know how i'm going to finish everything krishna give me mercy so here we go can you touch upon the topic of how to live with a non-devotee family and being financially dependent on her family as a woman should she strive to be financially independent so she can lead her life in krishna consciousness as it is common these days but according to our vedic lifestyle that is not recommended i do understand and agree the reasons behind it or due to circumstances if she is not able to be independent should she be tolerant with her family and practice devotional activities as much as she can practical tips will be helpful on of how to live with non-devotees well, this is a very difficult situation that, unfortunately, many devotees have to face through. The best example is Prahalad Maharaj. He was in a family where his father was the greatest demon and he did not allow Krishna Consciousness at all. And <clears throat> what he did, he was apparently, I mean, seemingly dependent on Hiranyakashipu because he was just a five-year-old boy. And he has no independent existence on his own. So, basically he had to live and he had to tolerate all the offences. Very grave offences. I mean, nobody would even last all those uh, tribulations that he went through. Um, The only thing I can say is tolerance. As far as difficult as the word is to swallow, tolerance is the only thing and waiting for Krishna's mercy. Because eventually, the woman has to get married and she has to move on. And until then, she has to put up with such family uh, inconveniences. But she should not compromise her principles just for them. Uh, At the same time, she should, if they are, you know, (coughs) uh, against her, she should just tolerate that's why the tolerance of a tree is taken as an example if you actually study the tolerance of the tree how much it goes through hot and cold weather and it gives shade at the same time to the people who come under her and he, he, he gives fruit uh, he gives flowers and even sometimes the wood is cut off from the tree and it that wood is used to make the handle of an axe and that axe is used to cut the tree so taken from the tree and use it to cut the same tree so even then the tree does not protest and jesus christ in the western world he showed the example when he was crucified and how he tolerated how haridas thakur tolerated when he was being whipped to death in 22 marketplaces publicly Uh, He tolerated that. Paralad Maharaj tolerated the atrocities committed by his own father. And the Pandavas went through so much that this was their plight. As Bhishma Dev himself put in his own words. 1-9-12 Oh, I have to take out this thing first. Ahokashtam maho nyayam yadhyu yamdharmanandana jeevitumnar nar hatha klishtam vipradharma chyotasrayaha Bhishma Dev said, Oh, he was speaking to the Pandavas, Oh, what terrible sufferings and what terrible injustices you good souls suffer for being the sons of religion personified. You did not deserve to remain alive under those tribulations. Yet you were protected by the Brahmanas, God, and religion. One who does good is never overcome by evil, Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita. So they underwent so much. You see? Nahikalyana kritkashtit durgatim tatagachati. One who does good, my friend, is never overcome by evil. He's never overcome. The evil may challenge him, but he will come out victorious because he takes shelter of Krishna. So we have to strongly take shelter of Krishna no matter what, in all these situations. And therefore, the desire, I mean the devotee, he said, Gurunapi Vichalyate. CHAPARAM LABHAM YASMIN NA DUKHENA Established thus, one never departs from the truth and upon gaining this, he thinks there is no greater gain. Being situated in such a position, one is never shaken even in the midst of the greatest difficulty. This indeed is actual freedom from all miseries arising from material contact. One thing is for sure, no situation in this material world is permanent. So even that oppression from the family members is not permanent. So we just have to tolerate as we tolerate the passing seasons. So we have to tolerate the passing seasons of time. And pray earnestly for the mercy of Krishna. O son of Kunti, the non-permanent appearance of happiness and distress and the disappearance in due course are like the appearance and disappearance of winter and summer seasons. Winter doesn't stay forever, summer doesn't stay forever. So in that way, happiness and distress in this material world, both of them don't stay forever. <clears throat> so such situations, or however however challenging they may be, they will pass one day. And we, it's a test for us, how steadfast we are in Krishna consciousness. And we have to take that test in that way. They arise from sense perception of sign of Bharata, and one must learn to tolerate them without being disturbed. It's the only thing. And what is this tolerate? How much should we tolerate? Well, there are some examples of tolerance. We can take inspiration from this. We may not be on this level, but we can take inspiration from this and try to come to that level. Um, that's what the whole Bhagavatam is about. It's about stories of pure devotees. And none of. We, we can't come. To any of their standards, but why are we reading them? Because we become inspired by them, and that will elevate our position. Hmm. Anyway, here is the verse 1, 1848 of Srimad Bhagavatam. The devotees of the Lord are so forbearing that even though they are defamed cheated, cursed, disturbed, neglected, or even killed, they are never inclined to avenge themselves. Well, another verse of a practical example by Rishupadev. five 5530. I will read just the translation. Rishabdev began to tour through cities, villages, mines, countrysides, valleys, gardens, military camps, cow pens, the homes of cowherd men, transient hotels, hills, forests and hermitages. Wherever he travelled, all bad elements surrounded him, just as flies surround the body of an elephant coming from a forest. He was always being threatened, beaten, urinated upon and spat upon. Sometimes people threw stones, stool and dust at him. And sometimes people passed foul air before him. Thus people called him many bad names and gave him a great deal of trouble. But he did not care about this. For he understood that the body is simply meant for such an end. He was, in, he was situated on the spiritual platform. And being in his spiritual glory, he did not care for all these material insults. In other words, he completely understood that matter and spirit are separate, and he had no bodily conception. Thus, without being angry at anyone, he walked through the whole world alone. I mean, this is the quintessence of examples, you know. we should take inspiration from these things. Eleven, twenty-two, fifty-eight, 22, 58, and 59. Even though neglected, insulted, ridiculed, or envied by bad men, or even though repeatedly agitated by being beaten, tied up, or deprived of one's occupation, spat upon, or polluted with urine by ignorant people, one who desires the goal of life should, in, in spite of all these difficulties, use his intelligence to keep himself safe on the spiritual platform. It's difficult. It's very, very difficult. Therefore, at least these... We are, why we are connecting with these live streams so that at least there is some sadhu sangha there is some respite uh, despite all the you know um, troubles that's a rhyming word though. there is some respite despite the trouble so for that we have these live streams and somehow or other thanks to modern technology we can associate in that way so at least if you can do that, that will be helpful. And practically, financially, de- financial dependence. Well, eventually the girl will get married and going to the husband's place. So then her finances will be taken care of by the husband, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully. And sometimes maybe the marriage did not work out and the girl is back with the parents or for some reason she is alone, she is not married. Well, financial independence or whatever one has to somehow or other perform his um, or her devotional life. Whatever can help her devotional life progress. If that is being working in a job or something, what else can be done? I mean, this is Kali Yuga. You know? Of course, it's not that we condone that everybody should do, do this and everybody has the same kinds of situations, but those who have they must find whatever means is, is within their, um, you know, disposal to do what is necessary to keep their spiritual lives intact. But basically, more than all the practical tips, the practical tips can be ironed out, um, you know, by... <clears throat> the situational, circumstantial um, whatever the circumstances offer but the big shift is in the mind here we have to give up the false hope especially when the situation is hopeless uh, we should not uh, shy away from Krishna consciousness and we should not give up Krishna consciousness to compromise with them just as much as they have the right to strongly impose their view of life we also do Everyone is an individual and everyone must recognize that. And, of course, the devotee tries to preach to everybody because he knows actually what is good for everybody. But they, the non-devotees, they do not know what is good and what is bad and they will suggest something which is actually bad as if it's something good. So, when they do not know what they're talking about, then we just have to get on with our lives, you know. We can try teaching them, but if they're not willing to listen, the only thing we can do is get on with our own lives. What else can be done? Alright. But prepare for the long haul. Prepare for the abuse. And <clears throat> Bhaktisiddhan Saraswati Thakur said those who surrender their lives to God, Krishna they must expect a path filled with thorns not roses thorns so we just have to expect that we are going against the grain of this material world the material world is always encouraging towards the materialistic path but we are going opposite the current so it's not going to be easy (laughs) it's going to be rough waters but with Krishna's mercy we will sail through definitely but we have to hold on to Krishna tightly yes That much I can tell you? Next question by Tapasya Prabhu. I have a question. How Radharani give up this material world? Uh, Must be out of separation from Krishna. I don't know. I don't know. I actually did not really read about it. I cannot say much about it. If anybody has anything, any reference, maybe they can post it in the comments and we can read them in the end. Or, otherwise, even otherwise, it doesn't really matter in our devotional service. But just for information's sake, if you want to know, well, I only can guess because of the separation from Krishna, she could not maintain her life any longer. I don't know. I'm just speculating. I don't want to do that. Uh, Anyway, Radha and Krishna are never separated here or in the spiritual world. But exactly how she left this world, I don't know. Or did she even leave? Anyway, next question by Sharanam Ramprasad. Why firm faith is important in Krishna consciousness? Because you cannot go farther. You're gonna, you're gonna... Just like when we are walking, we walk, we take it for granted that the floor is not going to give way. We have faith on the floor. That's why we, we just walk. But what would you do when it's pitch dark? The path may be clear but because you do not know you don't have faith because you don't you don't perceive you don't see what is coming and because of faith you would carefully you are like you don't walk as freely because there's no faith so when we are in the darkness about krishna consciousness then we will hesitate to take steps forward but when the path is illuminated therefore we need to have knowledge we need to hear from the spiritual master and the devotees and get ourselves acquainted with the whole uh, science of this path and not be in darkness. Krishna consciousness is not about surrendering our intelligence but surrendering with intelligence So we have to intelligently understand okay what is actually the correct path in life and everything and then we should take to the path So we, sh- we should have that firm faith otherwise we cannot even take one step forward just like in the darkness we wouldn't take one step forward we, we you know what if we, what if I stepped on something which will kill me? What if there is some sharp object, which is just, you know, like pointed, and then I just keep my leg, and then it goes through my leg. What if, or I, I do something, and then somebody, you know, suddenly sees me or something and attacks me. I mean, so, so many doubts because there is no faith. So when the path is illuminated, then there is faith. So the firm faith is required for anything, even materially. For example, we are accepting news. That is coming from thousands and thousands of kilometers away from us. Why do we accept? How do we accept? Out of faith. Out of faith. Um, everything we are doing out of faith. When the scientists said we went to the moon in nineteen sixty-nine, we believed it on faith. And when the when the scientists said, oh, from man came, sorry, sorry, from monkey came man, we believed it on faith, although it was false, although they were false. So. Faith is an inherent thing. Either we place our faith in God, Krishna, or we place our faith in fallible people like the scientists or anybody else. So, I would rather place my faith in the perfect person rather than on an imperfect person. So, the only knowledge that we need to cultivate is to understand that our faith should be reposed on the perfect person ultimately it comes down to faith so of course when we take up in good faith the process of devotional service ultimately we will be actually even be able to see krishna but at this point we are not able to see krishna so we have to accept many things on faith how can we accept something on faith when i'm not sure about it the surety is because the proper channel is being followed So, although I may not understand or I may not realize it, just Shabda Brahma, that I have to accept. And that way, I will be always connected with pure knowledge, although I may not be personally experiencing it at this moment. But if I live on those principles, one day I will come to experience. Like Prabhupada was asked this question, "Um, Have you seen God? And Prabhupada said, Would you believe if I said yes? He said yes. So yes, I, saw, I I see God. So the thing is if if the question the question is asked with a expected answer no, did you see God? You expect an answer no from that person. That's why Prabhupada asked. Because he Prabhupada already knew what is going through his mind. Will you accept if I say yes? Because no point in asking. I may say yes or no, but how will you understand whether I really saw or not? So it doesn't really help even if you ask me that question. Because I will say yes, because I see God. I mean, this is Prabhupada's reply, not mine. <laughs> so, so the point is Prabhupada will definitely say he yes, I see God. But will that answer really matter to him? Because is he going to accept it? How is it going to change his perception? So, the only point is by those challenging mentality, we cannot really understand it. The only reason is, uh, the only way is that we have to have unflinching faith in the spiritual master and Krishna. And spiritual master, if one is fortunate, if one is sincere about Krishna, if sincere about making his life perfect, he will be given the bona fide spiritual master. Otherwise, he will be given a cheater. If he wants something, a quick, spiritual program or something, you know, then he will get a cheater. If he wants a genuine one, yes, he will get the genuine spiritual master, the bona fide spiritual master. So although Srila Prabhupada said that we should be careful to accept Uttamādhikārī, but did we even know what is Uttamadhikari, what is uh, you know adhikari and all these things. We don't even know. We just picked up a book of Prabhupada. We do not know what is sampradaya, we don't know what is Parampara, we don't know what is Supreme Personality. We don't know what is nothing we know. Why Shastra is important? Nothing we know. We just read. And as we read, the faith developed. So this is all Guru Krishna Prasada Paya Bhakti which It is not by our effort. Guru Krishna Prasada Paya Bhakti Lata So as long as we are sincere, the, supreme, the super soul, the Paramatma within the heart will guide us in the proper way. Therefore, we can never express our gratitude adequately to the to Krishna and the spiritual master. Amar Reddy. Prabhuji, other than Prabhupada's family, who else following Achinta Bheda Bheda Tattva? Well, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's I think I already answered this yesterday. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's followers are all uh, followers of Achinta Bheda Bheda Tattva, all the branches of Chaitanya tree. They all are followers of Achinta Bheda Bheda Tattva. It is non different from Suddha Advaita, Kevala Advaita, Dvaita Advaita, Vishishta Advaita. There is no difference. It is just named differently, but the underlying principle is the same simultaneous oneness and difference. Next, um, Shetalsha. Wow, another long question. Okay. I have to skip that one for now because there are other questions and I'm not doing enough justice to the others. So kindly forgive me for that because it's already 10-10 in Singapore. So I have not seen the question. Okay, why don't we just go through the question? Why not? Okay, let's put the question on on the screen. question number three she really made good use of her three questions limit (laughs) I must say that because there are so many sub questions in each question and such a long question and uh, yeah you know so okay what is the question now how does one get a body of a woman or a man Yes, there might be many karmic calculations to get one, but anything in specific? As human life is quite precious, but difference in gender can change a lot of things to go back home. So is it like that, that the possibility of going back home to Godhead of a soul in a female's body less? Does that depend only on her husband? Or does it just solely depend on one's own devotional practices, be it a male or a female? The last one is correct. Our own devotional practices be it a male or female. So let's answer this You're very clever. You, answer, you asked how many questions here one two Three four five questions just in this third. Okay, how does one get a we will try to be as brief And as comprehensive as possible at the same time. How does one get a body of a man or a woman? Yes. So anything in specific so yes Shrimad Bhagavatam, third canto 31st chapter I think it's 42, maybe. Let's see. You see 41, 331, 41. Yā manya te pati Mohan manma yāmṛṣabhā yatim sthītvam sthīsangataḥprāpto vittā patyagraha pradham a living entity who, as a result of attachment to a woman in his previous life. "...has been endowed with the form of a woman, foolishly look, looks upon Maya in the form of a man, her husband, as the best hour of wealth, progeny, house, and other material assets." So why a person got a woman's body? Because previously you were in a man's body and you were attached to a woman. And now you've got a woman's body. And those who are men, they were women in the previous life and they got attached to a man and they now are a man. So in this way, this is a specific thing that happens and that's how a person... Uh, takes on different genders now uh, gender can change a lot of things to go back home well societally maybe yes but spiritually nothing is an impediment nothing is an impediment that's why Krishna says 9.32 for example Mām hi parthavya pashritya, let's take out this one. Mām hi parthavya pashritya, yepis yopapayonayastriyo vaishyas tathashudras, tepi yantiparam gatim. The Osan of Pritha, those who take shelter in me, though they be of lower birth, women, vaishyas and shudras, can attain the supreme destination. So the supreme destination is never denied to a low born or less intelligent person. so spiritually there is no denial of rights, but the thing is, in society, they ha- they have to play different roles So for the smooth running of the society. For that, they have different roles, but even if the husband is not Krishna conscious, the wife can still go on in her Krishna. Nothing actually can stop if one is really determined. As they say, where there is a will, there is a way. So you have to keep strong in the determination that, what, come what may, I am not going to leave Krishna. Then, yes, Krishna will help and we will get all the strength, despite all kinds of harsh conditions. Sometimes it can be the husband who is the problem. Sometimes for the husband, it's the wife who is the problem. Sometimes for the child, the parent is the problem. Sometimes for the parents, the children are the problem. Sometimes all are devotees, but then they're too attached to their family, thinking that, oh, my whole my family is devotees, so I'm, I'm living in an association of devotees, and then he always is attached to the family in that way. So there can be attachment in different ways. <clears throat> so and uh, that will cause our you know uh, future so for a woman as uh, coming back to the question um, does that depend only on her husband so if the husband is a devotee yes that then the devote then the devotee i mean the wife of a devotee certainly goes back home with him so that's the Just by serving the husband of a, I mean devotee husband, she will make it back home, back to Godhead. And if by chance the husband is not a devotee, or is not even willing to become devotee, or doesn't even allow her to become a devotee properly, um, then still by sticking to the principles, somehow or other, one can... Krishna sees the determination. Basically, he just wants to see our determination. How much we are determined, then he will reward that. So, even Prahlad Maharaj, he was a boy, he was not a girl. He suffered at the hand of his father. So the oppression can come from anyone. It can be the children, it can be the wife, it can be the husband, it can be the parents, it can be from anywhere. Or maybe the neighbours or anybody. So, one has to just be tolerant and progress forward, that's it. So the last question which you asked, does it solely depend on one's own devotional practices? Actually. That is the real determining factor. These others are all external situations. But the main thing is, I must become a devotee. My consciousness is what is important. At the time of death, those who praise me and those who despise me are not going to be there when I am going to leave this body. At that time, I have to go alone. And in that time, what my consciousness is, that is going to take me to the next, next situation whether that be in the material world or the spiritual world. So ultimately it all boils down to how how our consciousness is, whatever may be this external circumstance. That is the real point. So to keep ourselves ourselves sane, we have to associate with devotees and thankfully now we have the reach with this internet and therefore we can ask questions and we we can have these sessions like this and all these things, and attend classes, and discuss some philosophy, and of course we have books online available. Even if the family, they don't allow books to be in the house, which some families have a problem with, they don't allow the books in the house even. So at least online you can read these things now. You know, in apps, you know, in these kind of things. So there's so much facility actually, <laughs> given the uh, onslaught of Kali Yuga in the shape of family members or whatever they may be. There's so much facility that we can bypass that. Um, thing and be still connected to Krishna. So if we can take advantage of these channels, then, you know, in fact, the existence of those channels itself, themselves are a mercy of Krishna. So if we can take advantage of those channels and stay ourselves, uh, keep ourselves sane in the association of devotees, that will be very helpful. That would be, um, that would be my answer to this. <clears throat> Finally, she said, thank you very much for your profound lectures. Well, that... No, I mean, not profound. It's just like blabbering, trying to trying to repeat, but you know, going in a roundabout fashion. Well, next question by Bhaktavirendra: Is Radharani and Bhakti Devi one and the same? Hmm. Well, if at all they are different, Bhakti Devi will be just the expansion of Radharani because Radharani is is the epitome of bhakti. So she is the actual embodiment of all bhakti. Ah, radhana. She is the personification of Aradhana, that's why her name is Radha. So, <clears throat> Devi is Radharani, if at all, just like Yogamaya, spiritual energy. Actually, the ultimate spiritual energy is Radharani. So, Yogamaya is an expansion of her. So, I'm not very much sure if Bhaktadevi is a separate personality, because there can be many nuances in spiritual understanding. My understanding is Radharani is Bhakti but if at all there is some story where you know Bhakti is a separate personality, she will be none other than an expansion of Radharani. So in that way, again they are one and the same in different forms. So like that, Vijay Sharma Prabhu, uh, where does the mind reside in the body? In the head or the heart? I think we did answer this question, this exact same question, in one of the previous AMAs, and. Uh, what was the conclusion in that? Like the examples are there where Ganesh is given the head of an elephant, but he did not have the intelligence of an elephant. He has the intelligence of a demigod. We were same with Daksha, Prajapati, who was given the head of a goat. There was a head transplant, which is unheard of in modern science. A perfect head transplant, animal head put on a human. I mean, a demigod's body. Wow and it was perfect, Daksha was offering prayers just as he was, he was as intelligent as he was before the head was put on, before he had a human head, I mean a demigod head. So, the brain of the goat, which we may say, did not hamper his demigod intelligence. So, in that way, is the intelligence really depending on the brain? Well, debatable, but at the same time, brain has something to do with intelligence. (laughs) So, basically, I don't know. Um, Prabhupada answers in two different ways in two different places. In the in the example of Daksha in the purport he says there is no, you know, the brain is not the real function of, I mean, the intelligence is not really the brain. But then in other places he says um, Brahmanas are the brain of the society, head of the society. And he also referred to the, the brain size of man and woman and that's why the women are less intelligent because the brain size has never been found more than 36 ounces in the woman, and the man it was found up to 72 ounces so the brain size is more and sometimes the brain creases is what they say causes intelligence or something the scientists say of course and so sometimes he referred to brain in that way connecting intelligence to it sometimes and in the, in the example of daksha the intelligence was not exactly connected to the brain so what exactly is the connection? I don't know really. Where exactly is it situated? Maybe there's a connection between the you know, head and the heart. And depending on the head, our intelligence is manifested. Like, <clears throat> um, what is that? Uh, what is a good example is, um, what I would say, I don't know how to put it in words. (laughs) So, when a soul passes through body from from body to body, so the subtle body is the same. The mind, intelligence and false ego is always the same, accompanying the soul all the way until the end of his material existence. Now, that material, uh, subtle body, the intelligence is the same whether the soul is in the dog's body or the human body. So why then is the intelligence functioning differently? How much of the intelligence is covered or uncovered? So maybe the brain works in a way how much it is covered or uncovered. I don't know, somewhere around there, I don't know. Anyway, it is there and we need to use it to understand Krishna Consciousness and go back to Godhead. Sometimes, where everything is, is not as important as how to use it. For example, as a driver of a car, I don't have to be an automobile engineer. I don't have to understand exactly where the gearbox is and how the gearbox actually looks like or how the brakes looks like or how the... It is it is advantageous to have such knowledge um, because I can repair it myself if something goes wrong. Otherwise, I, I just have to call some mechanic and get it done. So, I may not know exactly how the car is exactly the pistons and how the whole machinery is working that is not tested when one is taking a driving license what is tested though is whether the person knows how to use the vehicle or not so that is more important and given this human body we have the intelligence to understand wherever the intelligence may be in the heart or the heart <laughs> it is there so we have to use that in understanding god consciousness and that is more important than I mean, there must be some knowledge. I'm not, saying, I'm not denying the fact that there is some Vedic evidence of where exactly the intelligence is. But, you know, whatever, wherever it is, it is there. And we need to use it for Krishna's service to become Krishna conscious. So, how to use it is more important than understanding its mechanics. And then, next question. Wow, another long question by Bhaktina Janya. All psychological problems are from ignorance and passion mode of consciousness. Let's look Let's get it on the screen. Wow, this is extending. This, this, this might probably be our longest session yet. Oh, I moved the wrong thing. <laughs> I moved this. I need to move this. Okay, here we go. I need to move this a little bit. Okay. All psychological problems are from ignorant and passion mode of consciousness. Majority mental disorders have root in these modes of consciousness. For a devotee, the devotee can acquire higher mode of consciousness goodness and gradually free from three modes of consciousness and become Krishna conscious. Then there is no chance for a psychological disorder for a devotee. Since the devotee is free from the three modes of consciousness, especially ignorance and passion, because the root of psychological disorder is from the mode of consciousness those modes of consciousness is my interpretation is right as a half psychologist absolutely you nailed it there that is absolutely correct very very well articulated thank god that did not have to be a long answer (laughs) not that i don't don't like to answer but the time okay next tapasya prabhu i couldn't understand clearly from this verses kindly give some explanation 11, 24, 22 through 27 at the time of... Ah, this merging back, the annihilation process. This is actually easy to understand if we understand the order of creation. The order of annihilation. Okay, let me actually just... I will not... I'm not going to answer this in very great detail because... This requires a lot of explanation. And we don't have that much time. So, what we will do instead... I'll just briefly explain I think you did ask this question before and I did briefly explain. So anyway, the question is this. 11, 24, um, 22 through 27. I couldn't understand clearly from this verse. I kindly give explanation. So the verse is read, the translation of the verse is read like this. At the time of annihilation, the mortal body of the living being becomes merged into food. Food merges into the grains. And the grains merge back into the earth the earth merges into its subtle sensation fragrance fragrance merges into water and water further merges into its own quality taste that taste merges into fire which merges into form form merges into touch and touch merges into ether uh, ether finally merges into the sensation of sound this is give i mean reducing this body to its ingrediential state. It is like this, you know, um, um, a pot is made of uh, clay. Clay is nothing but earth and water mixed and made into a shape and then dried under the sun, which is fire. So, earth, water, fire, manipulated in a certain way, we get a pot and now it is called a pot. Now, after the use of the pot is finished, the ingredients are mixed, merged back into their... Now, if I break the pot and, you know, make it like, you know, soft and pulpy and then it's like mixing back into the earth and water and fire again back so the elements have merged into the the ingredients back see the ingredients are always the same but when they come together they are given a different name because of their particular function the same um, earth water and fire uh, you instead of doing that potter's wheel if you make it another way it is a brick now that is, a, that is a pot, this is a brick but the ingredients are the same, earth, water and fire, but it is a brick now. So according to its function, what it serves as, it is called differently. Like in our body for example, there is the stomach, there is the heart, there is the there are the bones, there is, there is the hair, there is the nerves, there is the blood vessels. So all these are given names because of their particular functions of what they do in that particular shape. But once the body dies, everything mixes back into its original, merges back into its original ingrediential stage. Um, So that is this merging. So if you see why exactly in this order, this is the reverse order of creation. You should actually read the third canto before you read the eleventh canto. I don't know why you are reading the eleventh canto. You should read the third canto first. There, the process of creation is mentioned and it is the exact reverse of this. And with the intervention or the will of the Supreme Lord, everything is created in order and when annihilated, everything goes back in reverse order. So, this is the reverse order of creation. So, please go back to the third canto and study the creation process and then you will understand, better understand this. Hmm? As you can see, each of these ingredients, each of these earth, for example, it has all five things. Um, you know sound touch form taste smell but then the next the water doesn't have smell the other ha- the other four are there the fire doesn't have taste and smell but form sound and you know touch are there so in the air only touch and sound are there in ether only sound is there so it is becoming more and more less perceivable for the senses so it is going back to its ingredients stage that's the whole understanding. So you can read it more in more detail. In, in the Try to understand the creation first before you understand the annihilation because then you will understand it's just the reverse order of this. Alright, so next question. How to save a dying Tulasi plant? I am not a very good gardener. I actually, hands-on, I never really took care of the Tulasi plant. Confession there. Bhavaneswar Prabhu takes care of the tulsi plants here and um, I never really put effort to take care of one. Um, Maybe one day I will get the chance. Usually I never did anything with planting any, whether that be the tulsi marani or even other plants. I never did the kind of work before. I am not a good person to answer that. But actually there are some materials. Um, by Govinda Dasi. She has written a book. Uh, I forget the title. Maybe if somebody has information, they can put it in the comments. Um, she wrote a book. And if you can actually search, you know, how to care for a tulsi plant, You will, you will get information. And you can take it from there. Sorry about that. Of course, we know watering and sunlight that is to be given and how much exactly how much quantity and when is the right time to water and you know all these things the nuances honestly i I don't know how to chant these verses what oh we have chanting oh madhumita mataji uh, added today today i was studying the lives of the six Goswamis, so came across these terms oh that manjari sadhana it is perfectly fine if you are not eligible to hear yeah it is fine if we don't actually hear them at this point um, chanting the verse as well divi bhuvi divi bhuvi ja rasayam Looks like Mahalini Chanda. Divibhuvicharasayam kastriyasthaddurapa. Okay, let's actually take the verse because nobody is actually seeing the verse, right? (laughs) Srimad Bhagavatam 10 47 15. Divi-bhuvicara-sayam kastriya staddu Kapata-ruci-rahasa Charan-raja-upaste upaste yasya Bhutirvayamka vayamka api Hyuttama-shloka-shabdha What shabdha In heaven, on earth, or in the subterranean, subterranean sphere, what women are available What women are unavailable to him? He simply arches his eyebrows and smiles with deceptive charm and they all become his. The Supreme Goddess herself worships the dust of his feet. So what is our position in comparison? But at least those who are wretched can chant his name Uttama Shloka. The next one is 4718. Yad Anucharita karna Piyusha Viprut 15. So, 15 syllables means Malani chanda usually. Let's try. Yadanucharita <laughs> leela <laughs> Karna piyosa dana vidhuta Dvandva dharma vinashta sapadigraha kutumbham sapadigraha kutumbham Dina mutsrajya dina Bahavaiha vihanga Bhikshu Charyam Charanti To hear about the pastimes that Krishna regularly performs is nectar for the years. For those who relish just a single drop of the nectar even once. Their dedication to material duality is ruined. Wow. Many such persons have suddenly given up their wretched homes and families and themselves becoming wretched. Traveled here to Vrindavan to wander about like birds begging for their living. Amazing. So yeah. So both are in Malini Chanda, 15 syllables. Next question by Garguli Sabados: When is it good to be? What is it? Okay, let's put the question on board. Wow. This is extending so long. I actually feel bad for you. For me, it's no problem. I can go on. when is it good to be what is a good preparation for showing adjustment is needed is there some way and what would it be by which all seeds of offenses remain unplanted you see i don't understand half of your question (laughs) but last part by which what would be what would it be by which all seeds of offenses remain unplanted or uprooted probably? Well, we have to associate with devotees, that is the root and we will commit offences and then we will learn from them and repent and try not to commit, we may commit again because of force of habit, again repent, sincerely repent and take the devotees as the greatest treasure because they are, because association of devotees is not common, out of millions and trillions and trillions upon trillions upon trillions of souls. Only one gets the chance to associate with devotees. So consider that rare opportunity that we are throwing away if we give up the association of devotees. So contemplating on on the value of their association, we should never give up their association. However um, difficult it may be to live with them, it will be far more difficult to live without them. Especially so, we should of course live with those devotees who are at least following Prabhupada's orders to the letter and especially in the the manner of diksha, For example, Prabhupada time, there were so many um, devotees who were going astray but the movement was intact because Prabhupada was the centre. No matter what, even though they committed mistakes, their centre was Prabhupada and they took the instructions from Prabhupada and they tried to rectify themselves. So with that attitude, one can actually run this movement smoothly. Everybody should have that attitude of Prabhupāda being the centre. And in that way, even though we may commit offences or mistakes, we can pick ourselves up. And the devotees can help us pick ourselves up. And um, for that, it's it's a very big um, uh, blessing. In fact, I mean, just look at this verse. Srimad Bhagavatam 11. 26.33 Just as food is the life. Oh, Krishna. blocking the whole thing. Sorry about that. This is the verse. 11.26.33 of Srimad Bhagavatam. Just as food is the life of all creatures, just as I am the ultimate shelter for the distressed, and just as religion is the wealth of those who are passing away from this world, so my devotees are the only refuge of persons fearful of falling into a miserable condition of life. It's a very, very rare opportunity. It's not easily given to anybody. When we have it, don't throw it. It's like when you're in a ship and you know the ship is rocking, the solution is not to jump into the you know ocean. It's even worse. Um, <clears throat> especially... In devotional service, we should, as much as possible, live in the association of devotees. Never go away from them. And rectify ourselves. You know, if we have problems, okay, talk to devotees and reveal our mind and try to clear up whatever misgivings we have. And most of the misgivings are in our own mind. It is not that the devotee has to explain himself. No, no, no. Actually, the problem is in in my own mind. I am conjecturing so many things, actually, about the devotee. And that's why I think that devotee is a problem. But actually I am the problem. I see that devotee as a problem because I am the problem. So we have to uh, identify that. Because Atmavan Manyate Jagat. If I see a problem in others, it is because I have the problem myself. So much of the problem is removed if we follow our rules and regulations given by spiritual master Sri Prabhupada. And if we stick to our devotional service, much of the problem is, 95% of the problem is already solved. The other 5% is by the devotees. Okay, you know, maybe he said like that, he did this and, and then we, we formulate big, big opinions about such devotees for small, small things. And actually they're not that big, but because we are seeing it from a, this andhakopam, this griham andhakopam, you know, especially it increases when in family life. You know, these kind of feelings inimical feelings towards devotees they increase more because you know as we know Krishna consciousness is not really supporting family happiness and kind of thing. Everybody has to be a devotee whether in the family or so when somebody doesn't so then there is some kind of you know correction that is needed but when there is an attachment for the family members and when the family, other family member is corrected and then oh this person cannot take it, so these kind of things amplify in family life, and therefore we have to be careful not to fall into that pitfall. You know, so we have to accept the the cur, I mean the curses of the sadhus as blessings, because the sadhus don't really curse; their blessings sound like curses because of our materialistic mentality. So it's actually a blessing, but we don't understand it as a blessing because of our twisted perception of reality due to being. Um, engrossed in the family situation or in this materialistic consciousness. So we have to work on our, that's why Bhaktisdhan Saraswati Thakur said, don't pry on the faults of others, pry on your own faults. Okay, that person is this, this, this. this. What am I? Am I the biggest sadhu in the world? What am I? Find, as much as we are enthusiastic about finding faults with others, why don't we, why don't I be as enthusiastic as uh, about finding faults with myself? beat beat the mind 100 times in the morning and 100 times in the night that's what bhaktasana sarasvathakur taught us so that's how to you know get rid of the offenses all right next question by bram wow four questions krishna when are we going to end this (laughs) okay Uh, First question, okay, let's see. When the demigods incarnate as human beings, do they remember who they are? What happens to the body of of the demigod while they are here? As a matter of fact, they probably wouldn't know because Arjuna himself did not know as in the 4th chapter, 5th verse of Bhagavad Gita, Krishna says The personality of Godhead said, many, many births both you and I have passed. But I can remember all of them, but you cannot or of the enemy. So, Arjuna was on the planet of the sun when Krishna spoke to the sun god. And Krishna said, I spoke this to the sun god. And Arjuna asked, really? Are you sure? Because you're just like my age and sun god is so much more older. When did this happen? So, <laughs> then uh, then Krishna was like, see, of course, it did not happen this life. But in other life. You and I, have, you were also there when I spoke to sun god but you don't remember it. I remember it, that's, that's, that's your problem. You know? <laughs> so even Arjuna who is a siddha, do not remember. So the demigods, well, they might or might not remember according to how Krishna empowers them. It, it's all based on Krishna's empowerment. Like even Bharat Maharaj, when he became a deer, he was empowered to remember his even as an animal. He remembered his previous life. But the demigods, when they come as humans, do they remember? If Krishna wants him to, yes. If Krishna doesn't want him to, no. Krishna's desire. That much I can say. I can't can't speak for every single demigod but I can just show you this example of Bhagavad Gita where Arjuna does not remember. Next question. What is meant by the knowledge aspect you get from realizing Paramatma? What is that knowledge? Isn't Brahman and Bhagavan realization also knowledge? Yes. Stages of knowledge. Like knowledge of the sun. To know the sunlight is knowledge of the sun. To know about the sun globe is knowledge of the sun. To know about the sun god is knowledge of the sun. But higher and higher knowledge. When you are in elementary mathematics, in primary school, you you learn two plus two equals four. That is mathematics. In secondary school, you learn some calculus or differentiation or trigonometry. That's mathematics. And when you go to, you know, Maybe PhD level you learn E is equal to mc square and then you do equations on far higher level, that is also mathematics. All are mathematics. Can the the primary student say, I am the same as the PhD? No, because there are gradations. So, in the Brahman realization, there is the all pervading, one realizes the all pervading nature of the absolute truth. In the Paramatma realization, one understands the, one realizes the localized aspect of the absolute truth as situated in everyone's heart and who is a person whereas impersonal is no a knowledge of personality but then the full knowledge of the personality is revealed only in the bhagavan where full reciprocation of dealings loving dealings are, are, are exhibited between the devotee and the supreme lord i hope that understand, i hope that answers the question next question many Christians claim to have visions of Lord Jesus Christ but why is Lord Jesus not telling them to stop eating meat is it really still possible to become a follower of Lord Jesus Christ or is is his disciplic succession to be considered lost so if it is followed then it is still it is the parampara is still going on if it is not followed the parampara is immediately broken the Lord does not need to tell twice what he already told once he already asked them to stop eating meat so they should and if Somebody is disobedient. The, the Lord Jesus Christ, He will not come and grace such a useless person, and therefore they are all bluffs. As simple as that. It is, the people take everything very cheaply and they speak very cheaply, as if they though Jesus Christ was their you know WhatsApp friend. You know, oh uh, WhatsApp, and you know, I WhatsApp Jesus, you know, and he replied to me on WhatsApp. You know, they they make it very cheap. You know, messenger of God is cheap for them. God is cheap for them. No, God is not cheap. We have to be willing to follow and only then. If if they are saying that they're having visions, they're just bluffing. Absolute bluff. I mean they'll tell them on their face they're bluff, bluffing. They're not they're not seeing Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ won't come for for a fool like that. You know? That's why he himself said, not all those who call Lord, Lord, Lord will be saved. Why? Because you may call the Lord but you don't you're not following the rules of the Lord. What kind of devotion is that? Devotion. Love means first sign is, first symptom of love means obedience. Where is the obedience? No obedience is there. Where is the love? Forget it. Next question. Are Yamadutas good or evil? Good. They are punishing. So the prison warden, is he good or evil? He is good. He is punishing the prisoners. So actually there is a interesting thing that I came across a few days ago. I think Sunugopal was sharing this. That Yamadutas are those sinful people who were punished in the hell but then who learned their lessons but they are still in hell but they now act as Yamadutas and punish the others. This is what I... Where is it taken from? Somewhere. I don't know where exactly. But Prabhu showed me that quote. Prabhu or somebody? I don't know who exactly showed me that. Next question. Um, Prithviraj Lanka. Why negative thoughts come to mind even though you don't desire them? Because the mind is the enemy. Mind is the enemy. Our mind is our enemy. So the mind will always give us negative thoughts. So we have to feed. See the mind is basically like a mirror. Cheto Darpan. Darpan means mirror. So whatever you feed it, it will output that only. So if I feed it about Krishna then slowly slowly the dust of the materialistic thoughts will go away. Because we have been associating with Sangat Sanjayate Kamaha According to our association our desires develop. Our thoughts develop. Our ideas develop. So according to our association. So if you have associated with all the wrong things in life everything other than Krishna consciousness is wrong by the way. So everything that we have associated with in this material world not only in this life but millions and millions of past lives all that is conditioning and it's forcing our mind to think always in a negative way so the only way that we can do it is feed the mind with krishna consciousness read Prabhupada's books read about Krishna Krishna Prabhupada said if you read Krishna books and then if in the dream while you're sleeping if if you dream of Krishna that is perfection so the mind basically not only while we are awake but even while we're asleep the mind is just as a mirror it is showing us whatever we you know fed the mind with of course a real mirror would show whatever is directly in front of the mind I mean in, the, in front of the mirror at that particular time you move away from the mirror it won't reflect but the mind stays the reflection stays for a while it's a persistent reflection which stays like for example if you go to a movie a horror movie even after you come out for days for sometimes weeks you will still be haunted by all those scenes and you, know, you will be always worried <laughs> you put yourself in a problem but you, what I'm trying to say is The mind is reflecting the thought of the two-hour movie. Now it is just reflecting and reflecting and reflecting and just keeping it. So the mind is like that. So if we feed it with Krishna consciousness, instead of being haunted by ghosts, we will be haunted by Krishna. And that is a good thing. That's a good haunt. (laughs) So we just have to become more Krishna conscious. We have to chant Hare Krishna. We have to listen while we are chanting. And we have to read Krishna conscious literature, Prabhupada's books. And associated with devotees, always fill ourselves with thoughts of Krishna and how to preach Krishna consciousness. Tax your brain, Prabhupada said, to distribute truly really Prabhupada books. Um, you know, so in this way, if we always engage our mind in always doing something for Krishna, never sitting idle. Idle man is a de- idle mind is a devil workshop, devil's workshop. So let that not be a devil's workshop. Let that be a devotee's workshop. Um, so that means Krishna consciousness, constantly pumping the mind with Krishna conscious content. Then the mind will be sane. And then by constant such constant bombarding of Krishna consciousness, the mind will become our friend. Never allow. Never allow the mind to take any decision. Whatever the mind suggests something, just reject straight. Absolute reject. Whether it is right or wrong, first for reject. Check with Sadhu Shastra Guru. If it coincides, well and good. It doesn't reject. But always follow Sadhu Shastra Guru. Next question from Akshay Prabhu. Um... If the woman is chaste and properly executing her duties serving her husband, but if the husband, although being a devotee, is not able to go back to Godhead, does that imply that the, that, he, that his wife will also not go back or call or could go back by executing her duties properly in that life? No. I mean, the husband's devotional activities are definitely a, a plus for the wife. But then, her own devotional, her own devotional practice will... By the strength of her own devotion, she will also, you know, gain. If she becomes a pure devotee, she will go back. If she is also not pure devotee, at the end of her life, then next life will get a higher life, you know. And then she will continue from there, whether man or woman. Well, here it is. From Garuda Puran. This is the quote. Those who have passed several years in the dreadful hell and have no descendants in their favour become messengers of Yama. I believe there are descendants. That means there is sex inside hell. Those who have passed several years in the dreadful hell and have no descendants to offer gifts in their favor. Oh. Oh, yeah. When they were in the previous, on the human body, they have no descendants to give them gifts and who have past several years in dreadful hell, they become messengers of Yamaraj. So then they will actually learn religious principles. Actually when if you study the conversation between the Yamara, Yamadutas and the Dutas in the sixth canto, in Ajamil's case, the Yamadutas were speaking so much philosophy, fully conversant. Just that one thing they could not understand the value of the holy name and that they went and clarified back with Yamaraj and Yamaraj spoke to them but otherwise they were well well conversant with all the religious principles so that is a good thing you see wow this is another quote by prema bhakti mataji which is is a very good quote from one from um, one from wait a second, okay I'll add this. The earlier from one from Garuda Puran, the destination I and mean how the Yamadutas. This one you see. What happened to Radharani? How did she leave her body? Or how did she leave this planet? There is a famous lake near the Dwarka called Gopi Talav. This is where the Gopis gave up their bodies after the last. Rasalila, does the soil of the land is revered as Gopi Chandan? That's interesting, I didn't know that. <clears throat> oh. <laughs> Actually, I, I just want to end this off with um, uh, on a lighter note. There was this incident where, you know, um, this Shalagram Shila. You know, the stone from the Mandaki river, you know, in the, in the Nepal, there. it has Salagram Shila. So, and then, uh, the Salagram Shila is worshipped. So, then, Govardhan Shila is also worshipped. Stone from the Govardhan hill. Then, uh, one devotee, you know, brought, brought, he went to Dwaraka and then he brought, brought some stone from Dwaraka. So, uh, he asked Prabhupada, what to do with this Dwaraka Shila? Uh, Prabhupada said, you can use it as a paper uh, paper, I mean, what is it? weight, paperweight, you know. (laughs) He said like that, you know, about Dwarka stone, you know, there's no worship for Dwarka Shila. He said you can use it as a paperweight. (laughs) Alright, so, we'll end with that. Thank you very much for being so long with this session and uh, I hope that was uh, a little bit helpful. I'm sorry if I did not answer any question properly. Thank you very much. Um. <laughs> okay, Tapasya Prabhu says, <laughs> Now I'm reading 11. Okay. I have read 3rd canto, and now I'm reading 11th canto. So I will go back to 3rd canto for understanding. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Bram... Prabhu is saying, please don't answer my stupid questions if you need to sleep. No, 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 it's okay. It's not a stupid question. Okay. Thank you very much. Bhagavad Gita ki jai, Granth Shrimad Bhagavatam ki jai, Chaitanya Charitamrita ki jai, Shilaprabhupad ki jai, Anantha Kodivaishna Vrind ki jai, Nitai Gaur Primanam de Hari Hari Bol, Hare Krishna.